0: Yeah, we might have to mix it up a little bit. We should actually, because Jack Daniels is actually fucking terrible. We could have a cocktail of the podcast, you know? I'll like just Tech do gin, Gin Mule, Mule every time. No, we gotta. We'll no, mix I it up. I really like gin mules. What? We'd have to pick a game. We'd like this time. We should oh, be drinking good, like beer actually. out of a Stein or something for Catan and this. Catan, yeah, Catan, Catan. You need some like mead. Yeah, mead. Probably you could do mead here
1: too. I could make so. some mead. Like right now, I just put honey in a bucket and leave it for like a month. So it happens.
0: Well, we don't have a month, we're recording a podcast right now. Well, just preemptively for the next one. I have a honey
1: bucket right now in the back that's <laughs> been going for a month. I knew we were going to do
0: that. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, next time, look <laughs> out for that. All right, but for now, we're we'll just take, take this shot of shot Jack. Of Jack Daniels. Daniels. What are we drinking to? Um, the, the social club, the board game social club. Yeah, here's, here's to it, here's to everyone else. All right. It's worse. God. We gotta stop recording two episodes.
1: (laughs) We have to stop drinking Jack Daniels.
0: I blame my grandpa. And
1: Frank Sinatra. Fuck that guy. Doubt came in my mind. As I'm sure it's coming to yours. Even one to ponder about. Whether it's right or not.
0: These last few of many days. What's going on, guys? Let me introduce you to my friend. His name is AJ. He uh, he has an amazing degree from CU Boulder in musical theater. AJ, give us an example. Oh, um, no, no, not gonna. <laughs> We're the try. Well, anyway, this is my friend AJ.
1: What's up, guys? Yeah, there I he put is. Put my headphones back on so I can hear y'all. There's my friend AJ listening to some Nathaniel Ratliff in the Night Sweats. So I say things like "y'all" now. <laughs> That's ooh. A, Oh, there's some musical theater for you. I just theatered the shit out of that. Improv? I, improv, I, just, I just changed used my an accent. Yeah, I used my accent. I got you. Y'all. Yo, welcome to the Board Game Social Club.
0: The BGSC. The BGSC, the Board Game Social Club.
1: Glad to be here. Glad to be back at it. That guy over there is Robbie. And he's my partner in crime on this Board Game Podcast. Board Game Social Club. Today
0: we're going to talk about
1: small world
0: small world god what a good game this is a good game this was... oh
1: just so you know this is not the tv show about superman because oh. i literally told someone the other day we were going to do a podcast about small world and he was like the tv show with clark kent <laughs> i was like nope different small world we should maybe later we'll do a podcast about that small world. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Bobby loves it. He was yeah, Bobby does love it. Well you will meet Bobby. We'll get Bobby we'll on. Get wannabes. Bobby on one of these times. We need
0: a third microphone.
1: <laughs> we did we needed someone who's gonna challenge me for beard of the week. He won't <laughs> he win. will not do no, that. No, he's yet. not
0: gonna win. No but, one can challenge you for beard of the week. Uh, someone. Well, someone saw a guy right. at the restaurant last night and it had a way cooler beard than me. Nobody in our social club could challenge you right now. No. This is actually pretty trimmed up, to be honest It looks me. nice. It was like down here one time but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about musical theater
1: yeah no no we're not We're talking about board games
0: (laughs) oh right the board game aspect of this is definitely the small world this time but what about the social club aj what is that all about um well what it is is robbie and i really wanted to make a podcast to just
1: discuss board games have some hilarious banter 'Cause that, we're funny. Yeah, we're really funny. And we thought it'd be kinda cool if the two of us were kind of the staple pieces. And then we just invited our friends to join in on certain episodes. We have one friend, Josh, who we're really excited to get on. But we have a lot of friends that might want to come join us and have a little have a little fun discussing and, board games. So I think it could be a big social big social club.
0: Even if they're not part of our podcast, they definitely are part of the podcast, you know, because you can't play a board game by yourself not for very sure. many
1: yeah for sure that's a good point so. i wasn't even thinking about the social club like that
0: all right well let's get this thing started shall we it. ladies and gentlemen welcome to the world of small world this small world is teeming with life 14 different races to be exact each with their own strengths and weaknesses ready and waiting for you to guide them in conquering the land Choose your race wisely, as it is up to you how you will use them to take over the world. Unfortunately, each race cannot go on eternally and will eventually be spread too thin. Luckily for you, when one race has exhausted its usefulness, you may sacrifice them in order to take control of a young, fresh race. As one last testament of their loyalty, the sacrifice race will leave behind monuments of their people, allowing you to keep your claim to their lands. But beware, you are not alone. Other entities will be vying for control of the land. Maintain control of the land and you will be rewarded handsomely. Lose control and watch your rivals bathe in riches. The object of the game is to be the richest player at the end of anywhere from 8 to 10 turns, depending on how many players there are.
1: All right, before I get into sort of the visuals of the board and the accessories and the pieces and all that, if you guys would like to um, have like a visual aid, we've got an Instagram account at The Board Game Social Club. And you can go on there, we'll have some pictures, um, we'll maybe have like a, a, like a game mid setup that you can just glance at and look at the different race tokens and all the different stuff, uh, you know, as you're listening along here. So let's take a look at this game board. When you unbox this thing, you're going to see that it came with two double-sided game boards. And the purpose of this is that each side accommodates a different number of players ranging from two to five. Each board is broken up into beautifully illustrated territories, each dedicated to a different land type. There are mountains, fields, farmlands, swamps, forests, and bodies of water. And then in the corner, you're going to see an area dedicated to keeping track of the turns. Robbie, why don't you tell us about
0: the accessories that go along with this game? So there's a couple of really key accessories that you're going to want to know about as you start to play this game. The first one I want to talk about are these little things called race banners, and these are kind of the the banner that represents each race so each race banner has a has kind of the same features on it in the bottom right hand corner you're going to see a big number this number will contribute to the number of armies you have to take over territories in the small world on the left hand side of your race banner you will see your race's special ability So the next accessory
1: that we're going to talk about is the special ability badges. This is going to be paired with your race banner and it's going to give you an ability that nobody else has. And when you look at this, it, it's got a cool picture, it's sort of depending on what it is. And it's going to come with a number on the bottom left. And that number is going to be added to the number Robbie talked about. You add those two together, and that's how many armies you start with.
0: All right, I'm going to talk also about race tokens. So we have race banners, but then once you've selected your race, which we're going to get into in just a second, you're going to get a certain number of race tokens. You can kind of imagine these to be the armies of your race. So the total number between your race banner, like I talked about, and the power badge that AJ talked about, when you add those two numbers up, that's the number of race tokens you're going to get. These little race tokens are kind of like a one inch by one inch square, and you're going to use them to play. That's what you're going to actually place onto the board.
1: So just really quick, just a few more um, accessories to go through. There are coins that you're going to gather. There are four different denominations ranging from one to 10. And then there's also a dice you can use to attack with. And we'll get a little bit more into that later, but it's a white dice. It has blank sides on three of them. And then the other three is a one, two, and three. So let's talk really quick about the layout of the board, and your sort of personal space. So each person is going to have their chosen pair of their race flag and their special ability badge. They're going to have their stack of their race tokens, and they're also going to have their pile of coins to start the game out with. On the board itself, there's just two things to keep in mind. All the mountain regions are going to get a mountain token, and then We're also gonna place some indigenous people around the world. And those are the people they are gonna start on the board. Right next to the board is gonna be the pile of race banners and special ability badges. And you're gonna place the first five of these above the deck. And that way each player, when it's their turn to choose, they actually have five, sorry, six, right? Six choices to choose from. And if you wanna pick the top one, it's free. But as you go down, you have to pay a coin to pick. And that's about it for layout actually, pretty simple one.
0: Next, we'd like to get into a turn overview and what that kind of looks like. So once you've got the board all set up, there's a couple of options that you have uh, depending on what stage of the game you're in. When you very first start the game, the first thing you're gonna do is pick a race. From the pile that aj mentioned paying the proper number of coins to get that race you're going to get the number of tokens that it says on the race banner and the power badge total and then you're going to enter the board so entering the board has its kind of own unique rules essentially you're going to enter the board from the edges so any territory that touches an edge of the board uh, that one's fair game for you to enter the board at that location the other locations you can enter are any water space that's connected to the edge of the board. For all intents and purposes, that counts as the edge of the board. And so you can enter those, those from the water space as well. Next, once you've entered the board, you're going to attack or try to take over different territories, which we'll get into how that works in just a second. To kind of end your turn, you're gonna fortify any location that you want other people to have a hard time taking over. Um, and then the very last thing is collecting coins. So you get one coin for every territory you control at the end of your turn plus coins for any special ability that might give you some extra coins. So that's turn option one. Turn option two is at the very beginning of your turn if you decide that your race is too diminished to be able to take over any more territories you can do what's called going into decline. So you kind of sacrifice your race, and we're going to get into the mechanics of that in just a second. But going into decline is its own special turn. You don't get to attack. You don't get to reinforce. You don't get to do any of that stuff.
1: But you do get to collect coins at the end of that.
0: So that's kind of the, the turnover. That's how the game goes. And you do that over and over again until your turn marker on the board you're playing on gets to the, the highest number. Let's just for a
1: second talk about some pretty specific mechanics of the game that you're going to want to know before you start out. So the first one is selecting a race. And I got into this a little bit previously, but you're going to have that that choice of six, and you're going to have to pay as you get down the list there. So you're going to look and see what pairs look the best to you, what play off each other the best to you. If you want that top one, you just get to select that right away. If you want, say, the third one down the list, you're going to have to pay a coin to the first one, a coin to the second one, then you get to take that third one and you'll get to get your tokens there so once you select that one then obviously you'll take a new one off the deck slide everything up so you know as this game plays out the the coins are going to add up on top of these races and when you select a race after going into decline there's a
0: good chance there might be coins on top of that and you get to you get to collect those so when you attack in this game, it's pretty unique. It's got its own cool sort of game mechanic when it comes to attacking territories. You have your race tokens, the little squares that we talked about, equal to the number on your on your cards. And what you do is it takes two of those race tokens... To take over any given territory so if i want to take over let's say this fields region sort of on the edge of the board it will cost me two of my race tokens that i have to place on that space and my race tokens just kind of sit in my hand as i'm attacking so i take all my race tokens that i have available I place two if i want to go into that spot and then from there i can attack any adjacent territory to any territory that i have control over where it gets kind of interesting is if there is something in the way of that territory so if aj has some armies there that i need to overcome or maybe that's um there's a mountain token there or maybe there's some other special token in the way those just add to what i need in order to take over the territory let's just say for example there is a mountain region with two of aj's tokens in it so right there in that territory it's really easy to just count the game makes it really nice you just get to count one two there's a mountain token plus two of aj's is three plus i need the base two to take over that territory so total i need five tokens if i want to take over that spot at that point if i take over that spot aj gets removed from that spot he gets to keep all but one of the tokens that were in that zone when I took it over. And then the mountains in that region stay there. So special tokens, depending on the token, might stay there, they might leave. It kind of depends on the on the token that they are. Once I return AJ's tokens back to him, I leave the mountains there. If I took me five tokens from my army to attack that, then I have to take those five tokens and I leave them in the mountains, in the mountain zone. So from there, I can keep attacking with whatever tokens I have literally in my hand, or I can decide to stop and fortify. If I stop and fortify, the way that works is I take all of the tokens off of the board and leave one in every territory that I own. So you have to leave at least one in the territory if you want to own it at the end of your turn to get coins. It's actually kind of cool in the rules if for whatever reason, if you decide it's it's in your best interest, you can take all the tokens out of a territory when you fortify but if you want that territory, if you want to own that territory and gain coins, you have to leave at least one token in that zone. I take the other ones in my hand and then I can distribute those however I want onto any territory I own. So maybe I distribute them evenly uh, to kind of fortify my edges. Maybe I distribute them all to one spot because I want to control that one spot for sure. Whatever whatever your strategy is, those are your options at that point.
1: So we just wanted to give a quick example of what a race might be, and what his sort of ability is, and then what the power badges might look like. So I picked two random ones out of the deck, and I've got the skeletons paired with the diplomat. That's my first pair. And then I've got the tritons paired up with the flying ability. The skeletons get one additional race token if during their turn they attacked at least two territories you can use that and if you do it over and over and over you can actually make your army bigger and then the diplomat allows you to choose one opponent and not attack him during your turn and then they are not allowed to attack you during their turn so um, that one comes really into play if you're only playing a two-person game and then really quick the tritons have an ability where it costs them one fewer army around water to attack with. So if it's a blank territory with nothing on it at all, they can attack that territory with one token and so on and so forth. If everyone else would normally need five to attack with, they only need four to attack with as long as it's adjacent to a body of water. And then the flying ability just basically bypasses your need to be adjacent to a territory in order to attack it. You can literally attack all the way across the board, uh, hop and jump and do whatever you want with that flying ability. Both of these selections have a 5 and a 6, and so both of these would get 11 armies to begin with.
0: The last game mechanic that I want to discuss is going into Decline. So when you go into decline, you do it at the very beginning of your turn, you don't get to attack, you still get to collect coins, and what you do is you will flip over your race banner, so it'll be upside down. Um, It'll have a picture on the back, it still has some details on the back, every race is maybe a little bit different, but your banner is upside down. Then you ditch your special power badge, you put it at the bottom of the draw pile for special power badges. And then you take all of your race tokens that are still out on the board and flip one of them over at every territory you own and then remove all the excess from the game. So there's a couple of special races and special abilities that will affect that in different ways, but for for all intents and purposes, that's that's how you go into decline. Uh, You still collect coins for territories that you own from your race in decline. And then on your next turn immediately after going into decline, is when you would start back over and pick a new race and follow those instructions like AJ kind of described. So
1: just to wrap this up a little bit, you're going to go through all of these steps that we've laid out. You're going to take your turns, and you're going to count the number of turns that that you've taken, that everyone has gotten to do. Um, For example, if it's a four-player game, you're going to play to nine turns. And at the end of the ninth turn, when every player has taken their ninth turn, you're going to add up the coins, and the person with the most coins is going to win. All right. Well, yeah. There we go. That's the game. That's the game. It's really fun. Super fun, actually. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. I think favorite board game right now. Like this is your number one. I think
0: so. I didn't know that going into this. Yeah, I know. I saved it. Surprise! Did did you suggest this, or did I suggest we do this? Oh, okay. I was gonna say. I did, but I think I suggested it. No, but I think it made a lot of sense because
1: I think you showed me this. I did show you. Yeah, Yeah, you did. And since
0: then, I've played a lot more than you. Yeah probably way more recently also.
1: I think this but, game yeah. we're going to get into some some different like reasons we like this game, but I think this game has a lot of different aspects of a lot of my favorite games kind of all mixed into one. Um mm. I love this game. It's really it's really a good game, but well, it is complicated. Let's actually get into I I have I
0: have a question for you about that. Okay. What what would you say cuz there is it is a complicated game. There's it a is. lot going on. Like yeah. this game is different than some other games like like Catan or some mm-hmm. other like pretty basic strategy games where I don't feel like I have a solid grasp like it's really hard to wrap your mind around it because it's so variable mm-hmm. because of the races and the special abilities. Yeah, every game can change a lot. Yeah, so what what would you say is your favorite part of this game? Like why would why why would you put this at your number 1? My just go favorite with that. My favorite part of this game is
1: the ways that the Races and the special abilities can come together. And I think that if you're really creative, you can find really fun ways to use your combination of race and special ability. So I've played a few games where, like, somebody, you know, it was time for them to pick a new race, and they chose a certain pairing and then they were able to just like literally wreck the game because they were like using like this loophole where like for just a really basic example there is one of the special abilities is diplomat where you're not allowed to attack if you haven't been attacked by a certain player so if you pair like i don't know anybody really like ratman there's not they don't they just have like a lot of guys or skeletons they get an extra army if they attack at least two people, but if you can kind of block, like if you can take a an opponent and you can kind of like corner them, block them into an area on the board, then if you have a diplomat, then you're literally blocking them from the rest of the board, and they are literally not allowed to attack you mm, if you haven't attacked them. So yep. it's kind of it's kinda of using like the race and the special ability and you're kind of like putting that into a like you have to be creative in how you use it, and you can kind of loophole it where you're, like, boxing a guy in, and they're not allowed to attack you, and it kind of gives you free run over the rest of the board. You know, there's, like, a, the other the other players or whatever, but um, I don't know. I feel like it really, like, it really uses your creativity and how you want to use these pairings. Um, that's definitely my favorite part about it is, like, the different pairings that you can see because you can play this game, like, four times. And then on the fifth time, you may see a pairing you've never seen before. Oh um, well, yeah, it changes
0: everything. If I so just to explain to the listeners who may have not played this game, so kind of like AJ said during the beginning part, you have these race tokens, these race cards, and they're paired up with a random ability, and that that variableness, like that changes every single time you play, and the the stack is like,
1: I mean, oh, it's like, huge. I think there's like twelve or fifteen or something in the stack.
0: Yeah, there's. 20? Is there, there 20 total with five 20, showing? Yeah. Yeah, 20 total abilities, but there's not 20 races also. So there's like a bunch of... Yeah. It's kind of like a total random selection of mm-hmm. ability with race.
1: Honestly, like a great pairing. I was telling Robbie before we started, I think the skeletons are one of the most overpowered ones. If you can pair skeletons with... what's Robbie, what's so the, the one? skeleton Merchant or something? There's um, merchant where like...
0: You just get times two coins on yeah. every... Mm-hmm. The skeletons are the only race that allows you to add on more. Well, actually, that's not true. The sorcerer has a kind of a special thing. That's too. true. But the skeletons, that's like their ability, is to get you more skeletons. So even though you start out with, let's say, ten skeletons, mm-hmm. if you conquer two territories with people on it, right, you, you gain additional. a skeleton. Now yeah. you have 11 to conquer, so you right. just have that ability to, to gain more more territories, which equals more coins, which equals more winning.
1: Exactly. And if you pair that with, say, the merchant, Robbie, read what the merchant is.
0: So the merchant, um, you collect one bonus coin for every region you occupy at the end of your turn.
1: Right. So just as an example, so that would a times that two. would be that would be a very, in my opinion, a very overpowered um Combo. Combo of race and special ability. If you can if you can run the skellies for a few turns and you can add more armies and more armies and more armies and then you can wipe them out, then you can take your army and take a huge portion of the board pretty early in the game. And if you do that and you get lucky enough to pair that with the merchant, then you can have double coins for a really long time. And so like every turn, you're banking maybe 11 12 13 coins when all of your opponents are banking five six gives you such a huge advantage and something like that you know it's going to build you such a lead early on and that's kind of what i was talking about where like you it's sort of luck of the draw to like get that pairing but it takes a lot of creativity sometimes to like use these pairings in the exact right way and i i've played like a few games where, like, you play with an opponent that, like, will use a pairing like you never would have thought of and it really surprises you. I think it's such a cool aspect of this game that nice. it, it really takes, like, a creative mind to, like, see what you can do with these pairs.
0: Nice. Yeah. AJ, cheers, man. This is... Cheers, there you go. Time for a social club All aspect. Right. Social, I'm gonna... social club. Social club. All right, well, that's cool. That's a, that's a pretty, I mean... It's not really fair that you picked like the thing that sets this game apart from every other game as your favorite aspect of this game. I know. I feel like you stole the good one.
1: I know, but there's a reason. It's like one of my favorite games of all time, man. I mean, it makes sense. Got to just like pick it. So, I have kind of a question for you because I struggle with this. I feel like when it comes to strategy of this game, there's really like one thing that kind of like a lot of people do a certain way and a lot of people do a different way. And there's kind of some debate it, not necessarily debate, but like there's some, there's <laughs> a, a lot discrepancy, of, a you lot know, debate in the world. Yeah. About there's the like, a, I, I read
0: things no, <laughs> just kidding, but it's on good morning America.
1: I'm i uh, I'm curious. So part of this game is you're going to take your initial pair and you're going to go through the board. And then eventually you're going to need to put that pair into decline and choose a new race. Are you the type of player that likes to do that pretty early and maybe there is a pairing out there that you really like and you don't want to miss out on it, so you're going to go into decline early on and you're going to grab that pairing? Or do you like to take your initial pairing and really like spread them out and get as many coins going as possible for that turn, make sure that your decline race is like gathering you 8, 9, 10 coins um, and
0: just really wait and
1: go into decline late? What would you say your inkling is on
0: that? That is a really tough question. And that that right there is like the crux of this game for me. I think that if you like that, the question of going into decline and when to go into decline is the the quintessential question of the game. Are you going to?
1: 30 seconds.
0: 30 seconds. I'm so fast, All right. Well, I lost my partner.
1: I would say on in like an average game, just to give you an idea, It's probably you probably control three races. I've played a game where I only controlled two because I tried to just like take them for all they were worth. And I've played a game where I controlled four
0: or five. But I would say on average it's like three per game. The hardest part. So that, that leads into AJ's question of like when do you do that? Because you just have a choice. The other weird thing about the going into decline is that you you do it at the beginning of your turn. So when you choose to go into decline, you don't get to attack that turn. Unless you have this ability called stout, which allows you to attack and then go into decline, then you have to take this, you have to go into decline at the beginning of your turn. So you sacrifice like a whole turn. And so that's the whole thing is you're like, I want territories so I can get more coins um but at the same time like i'm running out of resources to take over territories so at some point i'm gonna have to go into decline so there's this balance of like when do you do that um and i think actually the part that you brought up is less important to me so the okay the the race the race ability combo mm-hmm. is less important to me as far as like my decision to go into to decline okay um, than just the fact that like I'm running out of people, got it, so
1: so what you're what you're referring to is how I said, like maybe like three places down the line you see like a race ability combo that you really like, and you want to be first at that, right, because like the first person in your four person group to go into decline is gonna have first choice, so right. you're saying it's less important to you to sort of like preemptively sort of choose your spots. You're more thinking of like getting the most out of the race you have with right now
0: right got it i mean and that's that's um so in theory also you've picked a race the only one that's going to be new is the one that comes up at the bottom right the I mean, only like, one
1: that's going to be new when you pick yeah but, right but by the time you get by the time it goes around and everyone's picked their when it gets to my one, turn I you're going to have seen three, three, three races four potentially. new ones
0: yeah if you have the max number of people playing, yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So if I take that into consideration, I guess to answer your question of like, when do I go into decline? Mm-hmm. Or just like, do you average?
1: Are you the are you the player that averages like too early or too late? Oh my god.
0: Maybe I'm skirting around this this question so much. I'm like beating around the bush because I have no idea. Like right. It, it depends on. It what's really out does there. depend. Yeah. Yeah, and it depends on like how much how much of your race you have left to take over territories. True. I mean, just to to jump
1: in, I feel like just in general, I go too early usually. I I put a lot of stock. Like, we'll all go around and we'll pick our initial combos. And now I'm staring at six combos that I have, like, the ability to get. And if there's a great one, like a really good one that I think, like, damn, I could, like, do some really good things with that one, then it's on the back of my mind all the time. I want to be the first in decline no matter what. And that doesn't mean that I'll do it after my first turn, but it does mean that I'm conscious of it for sure. Like we'll, we'll, that's... we'll go two turns around and if it's like a little too early, like I'll do it. Like I'll go into decline too early. I'm, I'm always like that player because I want, I would rather have my first pick because everyone kind of knows what the good ones are. Yeah. If you wait too long and someone else gets it, then that's kind of it. So that's kind it's... of the player I
0: am. That's I guess why I was asking you. Yeah. I think for me the strategy that I would that I would take on is occupy territories with oh I so a part of this game we haven't said is that when you go into decline like you can only have one race in decline at a time and anybody who's in decline when you go into decline gets removed from the board and so you can't gain coins from them. So to me that's a huge part of the game is your the the goal of the game is to get coins and so you want to be gaining new territories with your current race but you also want enough of a race in decline to gain coins from those so i would not sacrifice those that race in decline for a, a great combo right because ultimately i'm trying to get coins and right so that's true if you're that's talking, where about, I, that's you're talking where about my your heads second at. decline right. right because i mean in theory like the the question the first decline is like a separate thing than that's every subsequent decline from there. That's true. That's so, a good point. I mean, depends on I'm... how
1: many. That's actually a good, like, sort of a good uh, measurement of when to do it or like earliest to do it. So, like, you've gone into decline, you have your new race, you're attacking with your new race, and then like all your other opponents have been attacking your decline territories say you get down to only one territory left, that's right about where that buzzer goes off where like you can go into decline again, right? Right. So like you're you're only sacrificing maybe that one coin. You're still gonna get credit for all the other coins in your for your second race And now you get to start over So that's actually Kind of right. a good general Like sort of rule Yeah
0: I guess that's my That's that's my thought Is I'm trying to maximize My current race yeah. And my race in decline That's and true And I'm trying to keep that balance as Yeah As best I can And
1: then I think Just to keep in mind There's a couple of like Special abilities Or race abilities That They're gonna give you Like double coins For attacking So you know Like Okay Even if I'm gonna like Go into decline choose a different race, maybe it has an awesome ability and I'm gonna give up like say three or four different coins on this turn, but within two attacks, I'm gonna get double coins on these attacks, you know. So mm. it'd be worth it that way. No, that's to true. just sort of like depending on the ability. And that's all these games, you know that's it's actually like, the
0: that's a really interesting part of this game is that you have to choose like like there's so many ability combos that you can make work in your benefit. Right. That it's like Like, the strategy is just endless. It depends, yeah. It's, like, so hard to wrap your head around, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, Speaking of that, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay, so would you rather play this game, or would you recommend, I guess, playing this game drunk or sober or neither or both? I mean, neither is, like, impossible, but...
1: God, that's a good question. Like,
0: does it matter? Or it would does. you want to play it drunk, or would you not want to play it drunk?
1: It depends. I almost always want to be drunk. <laughs> you know, you're good um, at it too. Just kidding. I am good at it. It's true. Yeah. Um, not kidding about that. But, um, God, I feel like in general that's a pretty good question for the average person. I'm good at stuff drunk. I feel like I'm probably a. Everyone better... says that though. I'm really. I'm. I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would I... say the same thing. I'm that you're better. At, you're better at board games drunk.
0: No, I'm just better at. I'm just good better at things at, drunk. Better
1: at life, drunk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that this game,
1: in general, is pretty complicated. It actually, you know what? I'm gonna immediately when I said that, I'm gonna take that back a little bit. It's actually a pretty simple game. I mean, you have to wrap your head around. There's a little bit of memorization, right? So you have to like. It takes maybe two or three times playing, and you have to memorize the races and what they do, and you have to memorize the abilities and what they do. It doesn't take that long. Um. And then after that, it, it, the game is actually like fairly simple. But I would say, like in general, board games. If it's a very complicated game, you probably don't want to do that drunk, you know. Like <laughs> you're gonna want to, if you if you care about winning and it's complicated, you probably want to just like have your head on straight a little bit. If you're playing fucking uh, slapjack, checkers, checkers, yeah. <laughs> if you're playing checkers. You know, you probably don't. There's not a lot of. Slash you. <laughs> there's not like a, I'm a dangerous. I'm drunk. just saying, you don't have to really like worry about like your strategy too much. There's a little bit of like, God, what what game am I trying to think of where like you try to like remember what the other guy is doing? You like sort of count cards a little bit. Memory. Yeah, yeah, memory. That's that's a good that's term. Not that's not it. Um, anyways, I'm just saying. In general, this game is fairly simple. I feel like you can run a strategy through this game, and it doesn't take a lot of memory or or like super deep concentration. Right. I, know what you, I see what you. So mean. like I feel like, like I said, I think I can play this game pretty drunk. I could feel like I could play most games pretty drunk, but this game, I think, just in general, once you have the basics, it's pretty simple, right? So I think any general person can probably be, you know, feeling pretty good and still play this game. And I'm trying to think really off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of a game where, like, that would be the the opposite of that, you know? Yeah. Like, say just, like, in, okay, this isn't a board game. But, like, if you're playing, like, like poker, like, at a casino, where, like... It's pretty important to just like try to keep track of like how everybody's betting and like what your cards are and like the the math of like what your odds are to win this hand based on the you know all that shit like you probably shouldn't go into that pretty wasted you're going to lose money you, just you lose know your money. or yeah. like even you know even craps you know like any any kind of thing where like it it really is going to benefit you to try to keep some things going in your head try to remember some things and like there's a lot of stuff going on You know, this game is actually, this game is simple. Like, really, once you, once you kind of get it, I'm not saying it's going to feel simple the first time, but it really is pretty basic.
0: You know, I was playing a game the other day. I don't know if you played the game uh, Villainous. Have you played that that? game? That Disney game? Where you, you're like the villain from their movies. Yeah. And you just take on your own character. But literally everybody who plays has their own goal. They're like playing their own board. They're like doing their own thing and so you you don't like no one's managing you you have to completely manage yourself you know different you to... like
1: rules even like different rules per player or...
0: there's like a there's like a general game like machine like game mechanics mm-hmm. that that play out and everybody plays by the same mechanics but like for example, if I'm supposed to gain – like when, when another player does this, you gain this. If you don't keep track of that, oh, nobody it. else is going to do it for you. Got it. So and it would drunk, naturally come up. Got yeah. it. So when you're drunk, yeah. you're just like you, – your turn goes on nice. and the other person goes yeah. and then you're fucked. You, know, yeah. you'd like, you lose out.
1: That makes sense. I thought of another one actually. I don't know if you guys have played a game called Secret Hitler – this is a game I've been trying to get Robbie to play. I really want to do an episode about it's it, but still we're gonna have at home. I know it's we're ready gonna have to go. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to play a bunch and then do an episode. One of, that's definitely I'm gonna put that in my top three or five right now too. Man, we're that's, filling your top five fast. Oh, we have two. <laughs> three. Three. Three top fives. Yeah, three top
0: fives. Catan.
1: I feel good about him though. This game.
0: Yeah. Small world. Knowing that I've Secret filled Hitler. three
1: of my slots, I don't I don't feel you feel any, good about that. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. any backtrack coming. I got you, I yeah. will backtrack. I mean, I'm not afraid to like. <laughs> um, I can't wait. Man. But I'm just saying Secret Hitler is one of those games where you have your role and oh, you have yeah. what you want to do. And you. it's very important to either lie very well or just just put on a persona for the group because you don't want them to know who you are. And if you're a little bit drunk, it is way too easy to just like be yourself and, like, let slip, like, what's actually going on. And if you make the smallest slip, it is so easy to know, like, it is so easy to, like, see through what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to, like, be on your P's and Q's at all times during those rounds. Um, Okay, Really, really, like, an awesome game, but that I could see, like, why that would be an example of a game you wouldn't want to be wasted for sure. You just wouldn't be good at it. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think this game overall like you said it's it's <clears throat> the strategy can be super complicated and what you want to try to do but the way the game plays out like the mechanics of the game are so incredibly simple yes. that you could play this like hammered. Yeah. Like you almost can't mess this up. No, not really. You know. There's the the other thing I was going to say like you were talking about memorizing the abilities and stuff. I think they do a really good job of of illustrating the they do. the races and the abilities to be like exactly what the You're right. is you know so you actually, have to learn their li- you have to like learn what the pictures mean yeah but then the pictures are super consistent the artwork is really good yeah so you know? they
1: actually give you like a, a cheat sheet every single person in front of them has a cheat sheet of what everyone does, what every power does. But then also there are these little tokens on every single game piece that's like you know, for example, it might be like the shape of a coin, with a plus one. You know, and that's on the swamp uh, ability. So, just like if you can just use a little bit of logic, yeah, you know you, that, you like, you know, if you're on a swamp, you get plus one coin at the end of your turn. Yeah, you know, and they, if you can wrap your head around that, they actually do a pretty fantastic job on the on the actual mm-hmm. race pieces themselves, um, so that it doesn't take that long to really wrap your head around that part of it.
0: So. In conclusion, I guess maybe like the drunker you are, the less good you're going to be at the strategy part of the game. But you're not going to like mess up the game for everybody if you're kind of drunk. Exactly. If as long as you're not like a idiot.
1: Yeah, this game is definitely a game you can play like where everyone's drinking and having a pretty good time, as opposed to Secret Hitler, where the second the person who's actually Hitler is like, like I'm Hitler. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, or fun exactly and then the entire game is wrecked after that because there's only one goal and if you know who hitler is it's like <laughs> it's you're really gonna do well gotcha <laughs> so all right yes. sweet let's do let's maybe do one more one more question well i don't know maybe not one more but i have a question for you that i don't know how easy it's going to be for you to answer okay what do you think i is love your... hard questions yeah it is a hard question I, t- I talked earlier about how i thought for an example being the Skeletons with Diplomat would be a fantastic pairing to have, right? And just you could... You're going to ask this question. Just as an example, you could, you could surround an opponent, give them nowhere to go, but also not attack them, right? So that they're not allowed to attack you. And you could do a lot of damage with that pairing. So my question for you is give me another pairing that you really like not maybe not even a pairing we'll go a little bit easier like what what is a what is a race that you love to see maybe it's maybe it's trolls like maybe you love the ability to have like one plus defense on mountain regions um maybe you love the tritons maybe you love to like attack with one less army around water regions like what is your favorite race or one of your favorite races And then, if you have something in mind, what's your like one of your favorite pairings to do? And I have one. If you need a second, like I have another one.
0: Another question. In mind?
1: No, I have I have like another pair that I could like give if we want to just like balance out. No, I got you. Good, nice, go for it. Yeah,
0: I think I got you. Cool, go for it. So, all right, there's uh, the Amazons. Mm -hmm. That's a really good race. Um, The Amazons, you get like four extra people to attack with. Um, just just for the attack, but you have to kind of take them back when you when you end your turn. So that's kind of a good thing for a short term attack, but not not very good in the long term because you don't actually get to use those to occupy territories. So if you pair that with the spirit, which the spirit allows you to take to have two races into decline, so that whatever whatever race it's with, um, doesn't count as like. Against your one race in decline situation, so let's say you take the Amazons, conquer as much as you can as fast as you can because you get like four extra, right? And then you take them into decline with the spirits. Mm-hmm. So spread them out, get them out there on the board. Now you got another race. The second race, like this one's this one's deep. So right, go ahead, no, you got I love <laughs> it, love it. The second race, um, I would maybe take that one's less. Thought out, but maybe like the Ratman. Let's just say, sure, a lot of guys. Yeah, yep. a lot of guys. Skeletons is another one. The Ratman would be good with the spirit, also. My, I guess like. In general, the spirit is awesome for a first because, like I said, my goal is to balance like declined race versus like active race. Yeah. And the spirit allows you to have that extra declined race, which is huge. You know, if you can make it worth it, if there's one declined race on that, then you're then it's pointless. But totally. So you need like the spirit with a bunch of guys take over a bunch go into decline, get another one. I'm not going to it would take me too long to figure out like what that next race would have to be. But Sure. Well, another if I one... get next, another race to like take over more, but you don't want to like have to take over your the first race in decline, so you want to take over oh, your yeah. opponents exactly, yeah, um, and then go into decline and then start another race. So the second one I would want to do with the berserk which allows you to or no sorry the stout which allows you to go right. into decline at the end of your turn instead of at the beginning. Right. So then you can Save you a turn. go ahead and conquer yeah and then go into decline. That's a
1: great one too. The stout one actually I wanted to like make a point because it happens almost every game where like you're nearing the end game. Say you're on turn 8 or 9 and you're really like you're really at your wits end with the race that you have but you know that going into decline takes an entire turn, right? right? So such like, a bitch. so like you're on turn nine, you're, you say you're eight coins back of the leader and it's your turn, it's turn nine. You know that you have your turn right now and you have one more turn and you're eight coins back. Like going into decline is awful right now because yes, you're like depleted and like you don't have a lot of attacking you can do with your current race. But if you go into decline right now, that's your entire turn nine. You're done. Right. And now you're saying turn 10, your final turn, you're going to choose a new race, and you get one shot, one turn with them. Um so to me, like when you're approaching end game, turn seven, turn eight, turn nine, um, I like to pick my I like to go into decline my final time, like around turn six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. So that you're not wasting a turn when it's like the most valuable. Yeah, to you. exactly.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Which is why Stout is so awesome. Actually, if you have Stout, if you have something out there that's the Stout one, um, it bypasses that. You know, yeah. you can take your entire turn, and then at the end of your turn, you can say like, "I'm playing my Stout card. I'm going into decline, and it's happening immediately." So mm-hmm. you don't have to waste that turn going into decline. So right. that's a really cool one.
0: Yeah, and then the the third race in that scenario is like, I really like. Maybe I'll just talk about a race that I really like. I don't know that I would use them as the third one. But I think the trolls are really awesome. Mm-hmm. They're like maybe my you favorite the race. Yeah, yeah. so the trolls, you put this lair. You put a troll's lair in your race when you occupy a territory with them. And then that troll gives you like plus one defense. It's like having two guys there at all times pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, but the cool part is you go into decline and that, that troll's lair stays there. So... While you're while you're occupying that, you know, with your declined race, so it just fits really well into my whole strategy, and my whole belief that like the balance, you know, it, like for sure, you can't defend your race in decline in general, but you can defend your active race by reinforcing like your borders, you right? Know? Exactly. Uh, but with uh, with the trolls, you get to defend your race in decline. Yeah, totally. So,
1: one other, just real quick before we move on, one other one that I just love, just as like a little bit of a bonus strategy if it comes up is i love pairing the special ability of flying with any race that has like a special thing on the board you know so like for
0: example let me, let me pause really quick okay so flying. so in general you can only attack territories that are next to your active race correct flying gives you the ability to attack anywhere attack on the
1: board any yeah any spot on the board no matter where you're at so if you compare that with somebody who has a bonus on the board, so like, um, hu- is it humans? Um, Let's just do wizard. I was going to do wizards. Let's just do wizards. So wizards get an extra coin for every territory they have on the board that has like a wizard um, logo logo on it. And they are definitely not next to each other. So like on this board we're staring at right now, it's for two people. It's the smallest board in the game. There's only four of them. And they're not touching each other. They're spread out all over the place. But if you have a wizard who has the flying ability, you can immediately just jump to all of those places. And now immediately your first four locations are earning you double coins. So anytime you compare flying with kind of a special ability that's like kind of spread out all over the place, it gets rid of that. And that you can do almost the same thing with like the tritons with the water. You know, if you can, if you get a bonus for water, but you can like make sure and fly all over. If you do Tritons and water, you can fly to all the different water locations. Yeah, because in general, sure. you
0: can't you can't settle water with anybody but the Tritons.
1: Exactly. So you can gain extra bonuses because you can spread yourself out thin. So I really do. I I, I end up using the flying ability a lot when it's paired with like these special ability. And actually, the one. Oh no, that's troll. Never mind. So yeah, I really like. I was thinking humans. Humans get like a plus one coin when they're on their farming, uh, you know, the farming location. So that would be a
0: good one as well. Yeah, it's interesting that that this game has like like uh, types of land. You know, like Mm -hmm. like Catan, like similar to Catan, where it's like yeah, you got your sheep area, you got your like wheat fields. Yep, mountains look like ore. Yeah, mountains and ore. Yep, wood. Yep. Wood. Yeah, so but they don't do the same thing nearly at all. Like no. it just gives certain races an ability like the humans get Exactly. um a plus 1 when they're on the wheat fields. Yep. Pretty much. To
1: be honest this game when you unpack this game, it does look a lot like Catan. There's yeah. these very specific areas. There's like woodlands and sheep and like farmland and ore and all this stuff and it does look like Catan but not everyone benefits from them it depends on your race so it's kind of cool that that's actually one of the things that i was telling robbie that i love about this game is it kind of encompasses a lot of the games a lot of these other board games that i love and Catan is one of them for sure this game shares some similarities to Catan, um that being one of them but also just like being able to like conquer this i mean this is an island for all intents and purposes yeah that you sort of have to control Um, but it also in a way is a game of like world domination, just like risk. I mean, your whole goal, you know, you don't win by dominating the entire board, but really what you want to do is basically like control as much of this board as possible because that's how you gain coins. So in a lot of ways it's like risk and then it just adds a whole new, wrinkle when you add in like all these different races you can choose from so
0: you collect coins at the end of your turn right Yeah. like at the end of your go you collect coins yes and then it goes to the next person true okay. yeah yeah that's the interesting part interesting thing like you said is like you're not trying to dominate the world you're not trying to take over the whole world you're trying to occupy as many territories as you can by the end of your turn to gain coins right you know
1: yeah you're just gaining it's just as many coins as physically possible every single turn yeah um, and sometimes you sometimes you have to sacrifice coins this turn because you know you'll have a better chance of gaining more coins in future turns. Right.
0: So unless you're drunk, then you wouldn't even know that.
1: Yep. You don't even do it. You just I don't know what you do. You fall over. You just fall. Out yeah. Of your you turn.
0: just you just run your race till it's nothing, and yep. then you pick. And a new you one.
1: lost like by a lot. You have 64 <laughs> coins, and everyone else has a hundred.
0: You know that's actually. Without wanting to get in, I don't really want to get into this too much, but it's kind of an interesting aspect of this game is that you can, like, instead of thinking of them as coins, if you think of them as victory points, Mm. you are, when you pick a race to, like, further down the list it is in, in how long it's been out on the board. Like you have to pay coins to get to that race. There's a free one. And then there's like one after that and two Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So if your race is at the bottom, like you have to sacrifice one, two, three, four, five coins to get that race. You want 100%. That's like five, like that's five territories at the end of your turn that you're saying like, I'm going to, you're banking on occupying five extra territories sometime during the game.
1: 100%. I've actually played a game where I was four, I think three or four coins behind the leader and people have paid so many times to gain other pairs that were further down the board that there was like four or five coins stacked on that first position, and I was only like four coins back. And so I went into decline. You can pick that first pair; you <laughs> get a free. you get a bonus five coins. Yeah, if they pay immediately you immediately. Puts me into the lead, right? And then if you can just attack a little bit. You know, it's a huge, late game, like late game, it's a huge thing to think about is how many coins are you paying for your next pair and can you actually get paid coins for that pair? By taking that
0: pair. Mm -hmm. God, that's, I mean, that's like the coolest part of this game is there's just so much going on. For sure. Like like you just said, you can, because when you you pick a race, let's say you pick the third one down, to pay two to take the third one, you place a coin on those races above it. So now they're worth a coin you know just they're worth a victory point for the person who yep who takes them so 100 percent, and there's just so many levels of if it's a bad you know
1: there's a there's bad pairings all over the place like in general i'm trying to think i think dwarves in this game are really bad they just like their ability is just really pretty terrible and doesn't give you a lot and then there's a couple special abilities that aren't that great either and if you get one of those paired together nobody wants it you know like you're gonna Mm. go your entire game maybe it's the first one and by the time you get to the end of the game, there's gonna be seven, eight, nine coins sitting on there. <laughs> right. And like, what is nine coins worth, Steve? Right. Like, yeah. Who, who you cares? You might be you might be five coins back. You know, you're just gonna gain nine coins for free.
0: Yeah. You take that race. You go into decline your next time, and it's like you who had cares? Nine territories the yep. last time. So who who gives a shit? Yep. No problem. Um. What else you got? You got another I question?
1: I don't. That's my last one.
0: All I'm right. I got. One, let, I'll finish it off with one more question. Do I it. think we're. I'm excited. We're gonna be pretty close here. So. Yep. Um. I want to know. I want you to describe the ideal person to play this game with, and the ideal person to not play this game ever with. Okay. <laughs> Two things.
1: Nice. Can I name them? Because I sure. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm not. Go gonna ahead. Name them. Hope, um, as long as
0: one's not me, unless I'm the one you want to play with.
1: Well. For starters, this game is definitely one of those games I mentioned in our lap our last episode. It's not really like a social game where it's just like let's all play this to have fun and it's just kind of like a like you you can like you win this game. Like you you're going to put your you're going to pin your strategy versus the next guy's strategy and it's going to be sort of like an out for blood. Like you have to literally attack a person to gain your coins and you're taking coins away from them. So it's definitely a game for somebody who's very competitive wants to win so i would say the best person to play this with is somebody who likes that type of game first of all really takes pride in like wanting to be good at that type of game you know somebody who's not gonna be like not gonna get butt hurt because they lost or that you attack them um but it's just gonna be like good old-fashioned like super fun like competition like it's definitely a game that's Winnable with the right strategy. Yeah, I totally agree with. that. Um, so that's the that's the type of person I want to play with. Like I would love four people who've played this a hundred times, who have their opinions about what to do, and all come together in like a battle royale. That would be awesome. That's like my that's like my um, you know favorite way to do it. And then alternatively, someone who I don't want to play with is somebody who doesn't take games that seriously. Like there's plenty of games you can play with people who don't take games that seriously. You know, and you can have a lot of fun playing scattergories or what's the one to say it again (laughs) Gestures. um you can you can have a lot of fun playing those games with people who don't give a shit about games you know who just they're like they're out to have fun this is definitely a game for people who like to win games and it's it's very strategy based it's um it's definitely like thought provoking like i said early on like To me, when it when this game is at its best is when the players are using a lot of creativity to figure out how. Like I I can't tell you how many times I've played where I looked at all six of my options, I chose the one I wanted because I thought it was the best. I played my turn out. The person right after me picked something I wouldn't have picked, and they wrecked me on their turn. And I'm like, oh my god! I didn't even think about it like that. Like you can, you know, the way you did that. yeah, you know, it works so well. And, and so like ability. I just missed it. Like I didn't have the creativity in that moment to like figure out how to use that race to their best, you know, their best advantage. So yeah. um yeah, I mean, I guess to long story short, I would I would pick someone who would like take it seriously. They love strategy-based games that are like winnable, um not just like playing for fun. So, yeah. yeah. And I think nice. I think saying all that that's like that's really like sort of like a like, an overall reason why I like this game. Because that's my favorite type of game. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, like, competitive. I like to win. I like to, like, have a better strategy than my next guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is your thing, for sure.
1: It's my thing, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, well, I think in conclusion for, th- for this, an interesting thing we haven't talked, or I haven't mentioned about this game is, you know, you kind of talked about how I showed you this game. Yeah. But this game for me was a game that I picked up... Um, totally randomly i was like at the at the board game store um which is called, called what the- by the way can we get <laughs> let's get into that a little bit where do you what's your board game store called my board game store yeah it's called the wizard's chest okay so you have, you have a board it's like game a store. legit board game store it's the only board game store i know besides like you know the board game section at target
1: Right. See, when I go out to buy a board game, I go to like Barnes and Noble because they have. I was going to say Barnes and Noble selection. has a good store. Yeah, so they're good. Or like Amazon. Like if I hear about a game, mm. I'll just buy it on Amazon. I've done that that's several true. times. But you have a board game store. That's pretty cool. Like I mean, we don't. It's in, we don't have that. Denver, where it's, where it's
0: on Broadway. Yeah, it's it's a little far away, but it's yeah. definitely. It used to be in Cherry Creek. And they right. Moved over to a different spot. Yeah, i have
1: seen it. I've definitely. I haven't been inside, but I. We should pretty, go. Co- We it's should a do a podcast from inside the Wizard's Chest. Talk to those people and see if we can get set up. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe they can sponsor us. I don't anyway. know. You want to give up the Free Home Depot games. buckets, or
0: I mean, I dig the Home Depot. We we'll take them section. With us. By we'll the take way, them with we got to take a selfie. We I didn't finish my thought yet, for the record. But we got to get the computer. And my board. <laughs> nice. Um, what I was gonna say was, when you go to these board game stores, you—I don't know how to. Yeah, when you go to these board game stores, uh, they're the artwork and like the way the board game. Like you go to the strategy section because that's what we love, you know. Like I right. rarely go to the party game section, exactly. Where yeah. there's like catchphrase and all that stuff. Like everyone, I love those games. Everyone has so fun, fun playing.
1: Um, Cranium. No, what's the one? The gestures, fucking black cards. The ones oh. we just played. The fucking yeah. uh, cards against Humanities. cards against humanity. Like everyone loves that game. Everyone has had the most fun playing that game. But I—that's really I not love what,
0: that game for one round. Absolutely. One round. I don't we even like it
1: anymore. I actually, you know why I love that game? I love playing that game with someone who's never played oh my that God, game that's before. That's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. Courtney, this last time yep. was it's like... It's so funny. She yep. laughed
0: so hard. Once at you've so many played
1: things. Cards Against Humanity two times, you're done. And yeah, you're that's, like,
0: what's my, how am I going to win this? Yeah. Like, yeah, being you a know, game person that I want to win, yeah. I'm like, like, what is going to win? I don't give a shit what's funny anymore. You're like a anymore. good,
1: you're like a good board game player, and you got wrecked this last time. I got one that. card. Yeah, you got one out of like five. Yeah, it's not great. It's not good. Yeah, it's but fun. It for a, fun a game. I'm and not actually, game, that's but. actually, if you're going to talk about games that are good, if you're like really drunk, just sit down and play that game. It's sure. fine. Yeah, you know. Yep. You know. Better yet, though,
0: buy an Oculus. Play. Oh them. my God, I brought my Oculus because I want you to try a game, but there's no time. Now we're not going to do that.
1: Because no. you're gonna come to a bar with us and drink, no, and then you just... go
0: home, hard go home. <laughs> all right, um, but hold on, I still didn't get to say what I said. So you go to you go to the wizard's chest. You look at all these games. You go to the strategy section because you want to try something new. Because you've played Catan four hundred times, um, and you see all these games, and there's like a ton of them. Unless you do a bunch of research, you don't really know anything about them. You sure. Know? And so this was a game that I just randomly picked up. Nice. I thought it looked cool. I thought it had a good like cover you it know? has a great cover the artwork if we're is gonna awesome. talk about
1: that the artwork in this game is fantastic yeah second to none that's probably not gonna be something that we talk about regularly but it maybe it should be
0: because this yeah. game is fantastic yeah this game definitely nails the artwork and so i picked up this game and i took it home and played it i remember in like thanksgiving or christmas or something with sure with tyler at, at my mom's house yep and we figured it out we'd played just the two of us you know and and the rest was sort of history i kind of brought it Brought it back here, showed it to you. Yep. So, I think it's like a pretty good testament to just like pick up a board game. You know, yeah. Like you never know, you get some shitty ones. Totally, there's gonna be some bad bad eggs. Yeah, and board games
1: can be expensive, so that part, that's the hard part. There's a
0: there's a part of it that kind of sucks,
1: but that's part of what we want to do on this podcast. Is like Robbie randomly found Small World, and it turns out that it's really awesome. Turns out to be maybe my board, my favorite board game right now, maybe ever. You know. And yeah, maybe you guys are never going to know about it because maybe you don't have a wizard's chest. So yeah, you know, and
0: maybe there's something we said in the podcast that would be like, "Ooh, I would hate that game." Sure, you know, like yeah. hopefully and that's, that's what you think is that sure. you you either sure. think it sounds maybe really we fun. saved you fifty bucks right because this podcast is free exactly
1: guaranteed. yeah and you're gonna see that game and be like, "Oh, that's that shitty game those shitty guys talked about." <laughs> <laughs> I like, am not buying that. So there you go, fifty dollars right yeah. in your pocket. Yeah, you're welcome. Or you know. Or maybe, maybe you're like, cool. Jesus, this is interesting. Those idiots, you know, they're still idiots, whether the game goes. Yeah, go those back. idiots, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still those idiots. But, <laughs> those you know, maybe idiots. that game sounded awesome. So you're going to buy this game and have some fun with your friends, you know? Exactly. Exactly.
0: And that's the point of this the Board Game Social Club. Playing games. There you go. Having a good time. Spread awesome. the love. All right, well, right on, that, guys. Was, uh, that was Small World. Small World. Go pick it up. If you want to know more about Small World, just go buy it. Yeah, spend 50 bucks. Totally. Get a friend.
1: Also, I was wondering if we should do this. Thank you, Felipe. Oh K- Felipe. K- oh, no, yeah. should even <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you do it. K Felipe Kartz.
0: K Arts? There's right. a thing in there. You're gonna drop it. Oh, Sorry. We get to cut we'll um, pause. we we'll... thank you, Felipe Kiart <laughs> Kierts. Kierts. Yeah. Felipe Kierts. I Felipe think maybe, maybe this just game. like maybe, Smart guy. maybe quick every episode, we should throw a shout out to the creator. That's true. I don't should know. we do a throwback to Catan? We didn't thank old, it's what's like his name, guy. Klaus or whatever. I don't even know. No, that's yeah. Still small. World. Thanks to Felipe. But Good yeah, up, Felipe. this is, uh, that's, that's small
1: Alright, guys. See you, on the See you later.